chapter number 4, that'll be page 262. 262. This morning I've got two things I want to do. Number one, after the text, I want to... Uh, I want to show you just a short presentation in honor of Memorial Day. Then at the end of the service, uh, and you'll understand this a little bit more as we get into the message, we're going to have a very special communion service this morning. It's not the fifth Sunday, so you didn't get the calendar wrong. I just want to remember today. Amen? Amen. And so... In Joshua chapter 4, you can just stay seated and let me read. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man. Command ye them saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall dwell, lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. And take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And here's the text verse. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When he passed over Jordan, the waters of the uh, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. I love that. This morning, tomorrow we will celebrate Memorial Day, and if I had a thought, it would be this. Please, please don't forget. Please, please don't forget. Let's watch this presentation. Brother Watts, go ahead and get my lights over there. Just a little bit. Let me get this. Matthew usually does this for me, but he's got all them kids. Amen.
Amen. All right, let me have the lights back on. Amen. Tomorrow's Memorial Day. Of course, it is being set aside that we would honor all those that have fought in wars in days gone by. I fear one of the one as I was preparing this message this week. One of my great fears is that uh, we have taken a day that it should be so very special to every one of us. And somehow or another, it's lost its significance. It's become another three-day holiday for us. And, and again, I'm not certainly against folks having holiday. I'm just simply saying, please, please, don't forget what the day's all about. Because it was originally set aside May the 5th, 1868, by a general by the name of John Logan. He... Uh, was uh, the commander of the Grand Army of the Republic and uh, the first state to recognize it was New York, believe it or not, in 1873. But now almost every state in the Union celebrates this day. But I believe it's a day that we ought to stop and give thanks and praise to a holy God and we ought to thank God for, for thousands of men and women that have died that you and I could have the freedom to do what we're doing right now. Are we listening this morning? How often, how often we come and I, I, I fear so many times we, we, we have the opportunities that we seemingly take them so lightly and so carelessly. And yet... Truth of the matter is, there was a great price paid for us to be able to be here today doing what we're doing right now. So this morning, may I just again, a very, very simple message. Please, please, don't forget. Because it's a time of remembrance. As far as count goes, no one will ever know the the real number, factual number, of all those who have died fighting for freedom. The best of numbers are somewhere around one million, I mean one billion three hundred and forty three million eight hundred and twelve thousand. Somewhere along there. It is amazing how Many people have died fighting wars. And that is, of course, that is just a good estimate. As a matter of fact, there's over 3 million men and women not weren't killed but wounded in warfare. So it's a time to remember. It's a time to remember. Today, as we sit here, there are those that are deployed. I couldn't help but think about... Uh, uh, Lauren and Sandra's son that's on his what? Fourth tour in Afghanistan? Fourth or fifth tour and, and uh, how today he would love to be sitting in a church service like this. And so may this morning, may we be reminded, may we be reminded that it is a time to remember. Not only is it a time to remember, but it's a time to reflect. Where would we be today had these not died for our freedom? What language would we be speaking today had Pearl Harbor turned out a little bit differently? I don't know if you've ever read much of history, but only a couple, a couple uh, very, very important decisions led to us to winning that battle. Had it went the other way, we could be speaking in Japanese today. Who knows? I wonder how they were scared just like we would have been. How many wanted to live just like we wanted to live? 
Many of them had families and, and, and children and wives and husbands and grandchildren. They, they wanted the same thing that we have today. Be honest, they deserved life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness just like we are. Right now, there is over 3 million serving, either active or in reserves today in our military, with over 25 million vets living in our country and in our land. It was a, we're very, it was a very um, sobering time when I was up at the hospital in Virginia uh, with Barry and to see all the veterans there. It was a very challenging time to see how many have been injured and hurt in warfare. Then you and I can have freedom to worship God and to serve Him today. So may we, not only a time of remembrance and a time of reflection, but it's a time of real thanksgiving. You say, why? Well, because of the cause. I, I'm, 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 very, I'm very challenged today and just being very, very, very challenged with this passive attitude of our country and so many that says, let's do away with all the guns, let's not have any more wars. Nobody likes wars, but I'm telling you, I like freedom. Are you listening? And you're not going to have one without the other. We have to understand that there are those countries and there are those people and there are those places that literally want to destroy the freedom you and I have this morning. They, they don't want us loving our God. Matter of fact, uh, it's on, just on the news. All these young girls that's been kidnapped. I don't know if you've heard this, but they were kidnapped because they were Christians. And they, and they said that they'll denounce Christianity and, 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 and give their allegiance to, to uh, Muslims, then we may release them. The truth of the matter is because they were Christians. I don't know about you this morning, but there is a cause worth fighting for. Amen. And the cause is freedom. I know we're losing a lot of our freedoms in our country, but I'm telling you, we still have more freedom in the United States of America than any country in this entire world today. I I praise God. I say hallelujah for the freedom that we have. And we have that because somebody was willing to fight a war and willing to die for the cause. There's not a lot of folks willing to die for a cause anymore. There's not a lot of Christians willing to die for their cause anymore either. So we take this blessing of freedom and because we've always had it, because we've always had it, my fear is, church, that we take it for granted. We've always had it. Nobody tells us where we have to go to store. Nobody tells us where we have to go to church. Nobody tells us in a sense of what we have to do. Reality is, however, because we've always had it, there is this tendency to take it for granted and take it carelessly. Not only is it a time of real thanksgiving because of the cause, and oh, don't miss this, there's a cause worth fighting for. Don't, there's a cause. I don't know about you, but I got kids, I got grandkids, amen? I want them to live in a free country just like I've been able to live in. I want them to live in a free nation. So there's a cause worth fighting for. Not only that, but there's the courage. There's the courage. There was a time, those that uh, went into warfare and said, just give me liberty or give me death. has been the motto of every American fighting in all wars. But it takes some courage. It took some courage for these men to, uh, to, to lay behind dead brothers while bullets are whizzing by their head to fight for the freedom. Yet they still went and they still fought and they still died. My goodness. They crossed the world from Normandy to the South Pacific to Africa to Arlington National Cemetery 
where the tomb of the unknown soldier stands. And upon it, it's engraved, Here rest in honored glory and American soldier known only but to God. But I say hallelujah. God knew who he was. God knows who they are. And our willingness of our nation to sacrifice. I am terrified for our country this morning because... I see some of God's best. How much we struggle with sacrificing just a little. I'm terrified to wonder if we went, if, if an army invaded our country again, would we have the courage to stand up and say, I'll fight for my country and sacrifice families and sons and daughters? money, possessions, all of this to a foreign country so we could maintain our freedom. See, there was a courage in these, these that we seen, they, there was a courage about them and a great sacrifice that they had to pay for us to have the freedom we have today. I mean, honest. I, I, I'm going to be very honest. I believe we're going to have to have a lot, a lot stronger men and women than what we have today. Whenever we're willing to quit God, if our feelings get hurt, or we get sideways over something, or if we live in fear because we watch a newscast and living, we got to have something more than what we got now. I believe we got to need a good dose of Holy Ghost courage one more time to realize the value of what we have today. We, we've, lost, we, we've lost the value of what we have because we've always had it. We've always had it. Always. And I fear, is it going to take us losing that for us to understand the value of it? Is he going to take God saying, listen, let, let me let this country come in. By the way, in the Bible days, he did just that. More than once. He let, he let Israel come into captivity on many occasions just to remind them he's God, amen? And they're not where they need to be. And he used these nations to bring them back to him. So number one, I see here the cause. I see the courage but then I see the cost. Freedom is a privilege, not a right. Did you get that? Freedom is a privilege, not a right. Freedom has never been free. What we enjoy this morning calls somebody something. I love this song. I didn't ask for that song to be sung, but I couldn't have gotten a better song to be sung. Some gave some, but some gave it all that you and I could have the freedom that we have today. See, we don't, we don't have the freedom to do wrong in this land, even though some do. We don't have the freedom to disrespect this land, even though some do. And I, I'll be honest, i got a problem with that. If you hate this country that bad, I know she's not perfect. I know she's got a lot of problems, but you hate that, uh, this country that bad, won't you do this? Get out! Just leave! Nobody's making you live in America. Go to some point. Just leave. I want you to know, praise God, us that live in America, it is time we got a, we, we got a Holy Ghost, love it or leave it attitude. Boy, this is my country, my name, it ain't what it ought to be. But I'll tell you what, it's the best country in the world today. And I say hallelujah to that. And I rejoice in the fact that I get to be a part of this country. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. The cry of the patriots is the price of freedom. Because if we live free, then someone must die. I want you to read you two oaths. I don't even know if you've ever read these or ever heard them read. I had to be honest until I read them, until I, until I found them and wrote them down. Those are oaths of enlistment into the military. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution 
of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Thou will be bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Thou will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and the uniform code of military justice. So help me, God. I, some of you are shaking your head because you said it. Amen. And days gone by. Isn't it amazing? I don't see any rebels there. I don't see anybody saying, now you ain't telling me what to do. I'm fine, Dad. Notice the oath of the United States citizenship. I hereby declare an oath that I am absolutely and entirely renounced and adjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by law. That means if they call me, I'm going to go. I ain't going to be happy about it, but I'm going to go. I'm not, I'm not just going mad and shoot all the enemy I can. Amen. That I will perform work of a national importance under civilian direct, direction when required by the law. That I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. In acknowledgement whereof I hereunto affix my signature. Those are the two allegiances. One in citizenship and one in military service. Both of those are saying I'm going to give an allegiance to something. We're in a citizen of this grand, holy, grand country. Bless God, we'll wake up every day and thank God for this. And yet as I remember and reflect and with a real thankfulness, and I really am, I am so thankful for every soldier who lived and died. I, I was, I was, I, I was really taken back, Barry, when we was was up there. There was a, there's a man up there on a on a table, and uh, and he was laying flat on his stomach, had no legs, yet he was moving himself around. Did you see him moving himself around with 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 his arms? And uh, but he wasn't complaining. He, he he didn't seem angry. He just climbed himself around the hospital. Didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I was taken back, and I'm thankful for every one of these. But there's another freedom, and I believe this freedom has been stolen so quickly, right out from under our face. I think this freedom has been stolen right away from us and we've smiled as while it was stolen away. That is the freedom from sin and Satan. Because I come to another soldier. He came from another land as well. And talking about a sacrifice to gain our freedom, man, he paid the ultimate price. No, there wasn't stones Erected, but there was a cross. And men and women have sacrificed for our physical freedom, but this man sacrificed for our spiritual freedom. You realize we live in a a free country this morning, but no doubt there's many this morning not living in spiritual freedom. They're bound. They're chained. Some are chained to a habit. Some are chained to adultery. Some are chained to to fornication. Some are chained to the pleasures of this world. Some are chained to money. Some are chained to a whole lot of things. And not even know that you are bound and there's freedom being offered here today. See, what we fail to understand is this. Much like the freedom that we take for granted this morning is we've taken sin for granted as well. It's no longer, it's no longer that I'm broken and sorry, God, for my sin. I'm broken and sorry I got caught. I'm just sorry I got caught. That's it. 
Oh, I'm angry that I can't keep feeding my sin. But there's no brokenness about the fact that we've sinned against God and against His Word. We've lost, we've lost. Much like the freedom we're losing in our nation, we've lost the fact that our sin is the reason He died. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I could live. Three things about this soldier I want you to get. Number one, Jesus loves sinners. He loves you. Even though you're sinning, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. A love undeserved. A love not accepted by a lot. A love so often returned to God by the saints. A love that is eternal in spite of all of our faults and failures. Jesus loves sinners. Stop right there. First of all, first of all, before we go any further, anywhere else, God didn't say He saves good people. God only saves sinners. Salvation is only for sinners to apply. Because until you recognize you've sinned, you'll never get help. I believe as Dr. Billy Graham said this, he said it's in his opinion that 75% of the folks that sit on our church pews are lost. I know where he got that. I know where he come up with that ratio. In the parable of the sower, sower goes out to sow seed. The first soil is by the wayside. It's hard. And quickly Satan steals it away. Didn't take. The second soil, the second soil is in the thorns and the rocks. And I might have the order wrong there. I'm just going off memory here. And that's not a good thing. Second soul was the was rocks and quickly, quickly, when the trials come, it's gone. It didn't take either. Third soul was a soul that had a little depth, but not much. And the cares of this world quickly choked it away. It didn't take either. Only one soil, the good soil. And let me just help you this morning. How do I know I'm good soil? It produces. Some tenfold, some thirty, some a hundred, but it produces. It produces. It produces something. I know where he got that. And according to that, this morning, if we got a hundred and, and, uh, and, and twenty, if we got a hundred and sixty people here this morning, only forty people saved. The rest are lost. Is your soul producing? What's it producing? Well, I know I'm saved. What's it producing? If it doesn't produce, if it doesn't produce, then there's no seed there. It's either been choked away or stolen away. And we're playing a game. And one day Jesus is going to step out and say, come up hither and you're going to be left behind. And you'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not come to Salt Rock Baptist Church? And Lord, Lord, did I not do this and do that? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. This morning, 
as we remember the spiritual freedom that God has given us. Number one, Jesus loved sinners. Number two, Jesus left heaven's glory. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He become poor, that you might through His poverty might be rich. The richest of the rich became the poorest of poor, that the poorest of poor might become the richest of the rich. Let me say that again. The richest of the rich became the poorest of poor, that the poorest of poor might become the richest of rich. Born in a stable, grew into a man. He stepped under the stars with a stone as a pillar. He gleaned with the poorest of the poor in the fields of the rich. The glory of heaven. Israel's long way Messiah rejected by those he came to save. What he's saying is this. I don't care what your status in life is. He left glory for you. He left glory to save you. This morning... He wants Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus left the heaven. Jesus lived to die. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. That's what our soldiers have done. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. That's what our soldiers have done. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for those who are helpless and hopeless. He had made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have that spiritual freedom this morning? As we celebrate Memorial Day tomorrow, there's a soldier we need to celebrate today. And his name is Jesus. He's the reason we get to go to heaven. He's the reason we're here. He's he's who saved us this morning. Can I ask you a question? Do you have spiritual freedom? Well, we got real honest today. Got real honest. You're bound either to the dope man to the love of money, to the love of pleasure. I wonder this morning how many sit here and if God was to reveal your heart, you'd rather be somewhere else instead of worshiping the God who died and gave His life so you could be here. My goodness, this morning He lived to die. And then not only that, but Jesus longs for us. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. We're saved and secure and sealed. And one day He's coming. And you know what bothers me is this? I'm honest, folks. Lord, this morning, I don't know why, but I've got a tremendous burden for our church. This morning, I really do. And you know why? We don't get excited about nothing. We get more excited about a shopping trip. We get more excited about vacation. We get, we'll shout out God for nothing. We'll sell him out in a heartbeat. We'll sell him out in a heartbeat. And yet we'll, we'll, we'll stand up and testify. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. You're saying you're going to take the life that Jesus gives us. But when you get an opportunity, you'll just slap Him in the face with it. How selfish, how selfish can we be? My soul, folks, is very burdened about folks that say they're saved. I'm not, that's your your salvation between you and God. I'm telling you this much. You take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. This salvation that says we can play with sin as if it's nothing. And we're more concerned about getting caught than we are about the fact of sin. And realizing sin is what put Him on the cross this morning. 
I wonder how burdened are you? How burdened are we about our families? You said, preach, we ought to be a shot this morning. Okay, I, I would love, I think we should. Hallelujah, praise God. But how burdened, how, but, but don't you think also, uh, how, how concerned are you about your family? How concerned are you about your children? Where they at? When's the last time we shed tears? E -e even, even this. You know what? Don't move us no more. It used to move us a little. It used to move us. There's things that used to, the flag used to move us a little bit. It'll move us much no more. You know what the, you know what the attitude is? Well, as long as it don't affect me. You know, we're, we're more concerned, we're more concerned with about getting up and going to work next week than we are in the state of our country, our nation, or anything else. My soul, where are we at with God? I was interested in a story I read. I, I, I was just so intrigued. Arlington today, if you go stand to the monument of honor and prestige to anyone who visits... But it didn't start that way. In the beginning, the Arlington House was built by George Washington's grandson as a memorial to George Washington. George Washington's granddaughter inherited the property. She married Robert E. Lee. And for 30 years, the Arlington House was their home. In 1861, as the Civil War was looming, Robert E. Lee believed adamantly that the North was wrong and the South was right. And so he sided with the South. So the army took over the Arlington house, made her move, and took over the Arlington house as a retribution, a revenge. They considered Robert E. Lee enemy number one and to protect the capital. After, and, and soon after, they had so many people dying in the war. More Americans died in the Civil War than died in any war that's ever been fought. They had so many dying, they had a place to bury them. So one of the colonels said, listen, let's bury them at Arlington House. And the first 65 soldiers was buried in Mrs. Lee's Rose Garden. It was done as an act of retribution and revenge. After the war, after the war, Robert E. Lee's son sued the government for taking over the house and won it. Instead of moving all of those soldiers, our government paid him $100,000 for that property and it became Arlington Cemetery. And what became a place of retribution has become a place of honor. Go with me 2,000 years ago. As you walk by a little hill that looked like a cross, you would have seen three crosses there and immediately you would have said, the criminals, they're wicked and they're dying a criminal's death. It was a place of, of judgment and penalty. We're going to shut him up. We'll crucify him. But oh my goodness, after the price was paid, hallelujah, it has become a place of honor called the cross for every believer. Tomorrow, Please, please, don't forget. Whatever your plans are for tomorrow, please, please, don't forget what that price has paid that we might live free. And then, somewhere today, somewhere today, one more, maybe just a moment, why don't we find us a place and not forget what Jesus has done for us? And if you're here this morning 
And the truth is, He's never done something for you. He will. The invitation is still being given. A teenager learned the importance of Memorial Day. He wrote about it. It's called The Time for Heroes. At 16, he was too old and definitely too cool for a small town Memorial Day parade. So I ought to be at the lake, he said. But no, no. For my family, it's mandatory that we go through all the day's festivities. High school band marched by, firemen blasted sirens in their polished red trucks. Well, you see, in the parade would be his grandmother, Mimi. Her, husband, her son, Uncle Bud, died and was killed in Italy. She always, every year, rode the family's car as a war hero in honor of him. And he thought, man, how embarrassing for all the attention for a son who died 20 years ago, for crying out loud. If that ain't bad, the rest of Memorial Day was just as boring. Ain't no point trying to get out of it. You just got to do it and get it over with. So when he gets back home, he sits down, grabs a cinnamon roll, and plops down an armchair. And he found himself looking through some photos, and he saw a photo of Uncle Bud, 19 years old when he died. Not much older than he was. But a hero? How could he be a hero at 19? About that time, the floorboards cracked behind him and he turned to see Mimi standing, wiping her hands on her aprons. She said, I remember how hard Bud worked after we lost the farm. Hay season, he worked all day, sunrise to sunset, building for other farmers. He always said, Mama, someday... Mama, someday I'm going to buy you a brand new farm, I promise. Stood there for a while and he said, Mimi, what is a hero? And without a word, she turned and walked to the bedroom. She opened a, a drawer and took out a small metal box and sank down onto the bed. These are Bud's things, she said. They sent them to us after he died. She opened the lid and handed, handed me a telegram dated October 13th, 1944. The Secretary of State regrets to inform you that your son, Lloyd Eachman, was killed in Italy. Your son, he thought. I wonder what that sounded like to her when she first heard it. She handed him and said, here's Bud's wallet. Even after all those years, it was caked with dried mud. Inside was Bud's driver's license with the date of his 16th birthday. I compared it to mine I'd just received. A photo of Bud holding a little spotted dog fell out of the, wall, uh, the wallet. Mimi said his name was Jiggs. said, Bud loved that stupid mutt. There's other photos in the wallet. Standing arm in arm with two buddies. Photos of his mom, his aunt. And then there's another photo of a pretty dark-haired girl. Her name was Marie. Mimi said, Bud dated her in high school. And he told her just as soon as he got out of service, he was going to marry her. And immediately he thought, whoa, how heartbreaking. To have a life, plans, hopes, but yet so brutally snuffed out. Sitting on the bed, he sifted through the treasures in the box again. A gold watch that had never been wound again. A sympathy letter from President Roosevelt and one from Bud's commander. A metal shape. like a heart trimmed with a purple ribbon. At the very bottom, the deed to Mimi's house. He said, Mimi, what's this doing here? She said, Bud 
bought this house for me. She explained that after his death, the government gave her $10,000. And when she got the check, she remembered. Bud said, Mama, one day I'll build you a house. And he took the money and she said, I built the house. He said, well, he kept his promise. She said, yeah. Said he did. For a long time, they sat there and they looked the letters and the boxes. Finally, I understood why it's so important for Mimi and the Memorial Day Parade because he really was a hero. He said, I guess a real hero is someone who gave everything for what they believed. And she said carefully, she said, yes, child. Yes. And don't ever forget that. If I can leave you one truth this morning, what do you believe? Do you believe in your Savior enough to serve Him and love Him? Do you believe Him enough that when you sin that God doesn't have to chastise for you to get right. You do just because He speaks. I was telling somebody this morning, I just think something bad, and just God just begins to wipe me out. I hope I never lose that. I wonder this morning, I guess a hero is, is who, someone who gave everything for what he believed. The soldiers that lived and died believed in what they were doing for the freedom you and I have today. The least we could do. Maybe their cry would be, please, please, don't forget. Maybe the cry of Jesus would be this morning, please, please, don't forget. In just a moment, we're going to have a memorial service here. Because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I know it's not this Sunday. I want us to remember him. But I think he would be all right. I, I think God's given me liberty to do this. I would not bring one bit of harm to this whatsoever. First and foremost, we're to remember Christ. But this morning when you take the bread and you take the, the little thing of juice representing the blood, could you be reminded of every soldier that died and bloodshed that you and I could have the freedom we have today. I don't think we'd be dishonoring to God or anything else if we did that. But you know, a good place to start. How in the world can we be thankful when there's sin in our life? And that sin is what put Christ on the cross. Won't you, as we all stand, their head.